Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Inguilano, and joining me as always is my partner in crime, Aaron Johnson. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good, Mike. Happy to be here. One more show until we get, this is the final show until we get to the draft lottery. So super excited uh, to get to that. And to to see you know, what's going to end, where the Pistons are going to end up in the uh, NBA draft. But let's uh, let's focus on the show here today first, and not get too ahead of ourselves. Yep, exactly. We have one more week until the draft lottery, and that's when we could really start to put together some of the puzzle pieces that are that are scattered right now for the Pistons and for a lot of other teams. Um, that lottery is going to mean a lot, um, and uh, Detroit's going to be in a good position to get a top three pick and a real game changer. So we're very excited about that, but we do have one more week of content to get through before we get to that. Um, and of course our lovely sponsor we've had for several weeks now, bet online, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. You can head on over to the website, betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device, and you'll be able to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Aaron, we, uh, we left with a bit of a tease last week, but we can go into, a, into it a little bit more. I don't know how much you want to go into it. Um, sort of, it's not old news, but... A lot of other Pistons guys have touched on it, but I think it's important for us to touch on too. And it's a good lesson for the general sports fan as well. Um, just how much we don't care about other players succeeding when they're not on your team. And that would of course be Blake Griffin who has adopted a very scrappy, dirty, not dirty in the sense of he's a dirty player, but dirty in the sense of he's diving for loose balls. You know, he's doing his damnedest against Giannis and Tedekumpo. And he's just doing the little things that make a difference in a series. It's not a huge, it's not a big enough difference to overcome not having James Harden or Kyrie Irving, but he's playing an elevated role. He's playing some important games for Brooklyn. He's played well. He's dunked. Um, he's looked like a much different player than when he was on the Pistons. And I want to get your thoughts on the discourse of LOL Pistons fans cry seeing Blake Griffin dunk a basketball, which we knew he could still do but dunking it in a playoff game, no less. Um, any, any thoughts on that overall feeling? Yeah, I mean, like, I think the general consensus from Pistons fans was that they knew that Blake was kind of half-assing it, and they knew by the end of, the, end of his time in Detroit that he was just trying to save himself for his future. Um I think it's kind of, I mean, it doesn't look at the full picture for what letting go of Blake Griffin did for Detroit. It obviously opened up big minutes for guys like Sadiq Bay and, and Isaiah Stewart got some extra minutes and 
even say Kudumboya got more minutes and these different guys and, 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 and beyond just like guys getting minutes at where Blake Griffin would be on the court. Also, it just was a, like a, a step forward into the future for Detroit. No longer trying to scrap your, your way to the seventh or eighth seed in the playoffs. This was them going forward with their core that looked very, very good this year. Their rookies, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, their big time addition in Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, some nice secondary extra pieces and guys like Josh Jackson and Frank Jackson that had nice seasons. And, you know, the, the moving on from Blake Griffin, again, it was, it was a mutual thing. I mean, I'm sure Detroit didn't want to do it at the beginning of the year, but when Blake came out and wasn't playing well and then wasn't giving it as all it, and the, on the conversely, the Pistons had, their young guys playing very well and vying for his minutes. It just kind of made sense. So the, the discourse on Twitter and um, LOL Pistons, Blake played you like Pistons fans knew that before Blake Griffin left and it really didn't matter. You know, if the Pistons didn't have anything going for them and no young players to, to step in, like that would be one thing, then it probably would suck. But they have a plethora of young talent uh, and they're doing just fine. So, you know, that kind of discourse in itself is, is whatever to me. The one other type of discourse that I wanted to, to touch on was the whole, and this is coming from like, there's like two factions of, of Pistons Twitter. It's like one, one side is, you know, upset at Blake Griffin, you know, thinks he kind of disrespected Detroit and, then there's the other side that says you're not allowed to feel that way. And you can't say that Blake did this Blake did that. And Blake absolutely did a lot, you know, playing injured in the playoffs, giving it his all then. Um, but there's, there's, there's absolutely no reason for, for someone to tell another person how to feel when a player just comes out and doesn't try, like you're allowed to be upset with that. Now, does it need to get Reggie Jackson, meet up at Applebee's disrespectful? No, but you know, you're know you a lot of people that a player comes out, is getting paid a hell of a lot of money and doesn't try really. Uh, I think that's the fair way to put it with the way that he played in Detroit this year and then watching him have some of the moments that he's had in Brooklyn. Um, so that's kind of the other one that I wanted to touch on. I, I just think, Telling someone, oh, Blake did this, Blake did that. Yeah, but then Blake did this and Blake did that. So you, know, you can't do one thing and just be good for the rest of the time. Like if something else happens, you got you're gonna take your comeuppance for that. Like it is what it is. You're people are allowed right. to be upset that Blake Griffin dusted Detroit away the way that he did and is now in Brooklyn dunking every night, shooting and and doing more than he was able to do in Detroit. He still has his deficiencies, like he still can't score in the post, he still can't back down anyone anymore but he's doing more than he did in Detroit he's obviously trying a lot harder um and fans are allowed to be upset with that it that's what a fan is if you're a fan of your team you know you're gonna be mad if a player comes out and purposely doesn't try on your team right. off somewhere and plays better yeah it's I mean that's that's how it goes <laughs> and it always seems like when the player leaves your team he plays better on the other team or she plays better on the other team that's that's always how it feels, especially for us lowly Northeast 
Rust Belt football fans, it always seems somebody leaves your football team, the Lions, the Browns, they always seem to play better with the other team. And it's, it's not the case always, but it's going to happen. That's just a part of it. We have to accept that. And he's, you know, he's, he's playing well. Good for him. He's also playing in meaningful games with a team that is going somewhere. That was not the case for the Pistons. There is, you know, there is the carrot dangling in front of him as well. That, that changes things. He's in a reduced role um, compared to what he's used to. And I hope that this allows people to look back at his time in Detroit and his dominance that he had, because he had a career season with the Pistons that, that they look back fondly and say, wow, he was really good. He was really good. And yeah, you know, it ended poorly in Motown, but that's kind of how it goes, right? I mean, guys yep. leave teams and they play better, they play worse. It's just how it goes. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, you like certainly you should, you know, be appreciative of as a Pistons fan, what Blake Griffin did, taking his team to the playoffs, having a career season, giving it all playing injured. But then again, you're on on the flip side, you are allowed to be upset when you know, a guy does what he does and then goes out sure. for the other team. It's just like, it's a balance, you know, like on the, you go back a couple of years ago, you, it's the same thing of like, you can't be, I, I don't know. I just know that Pistons Twitter, like is very much, you're either on one side or the other. And I think that that's a little weird. Um, obviously you don't want to go too far in disrespecting Blake Griffin. Like he gave a lot to Detroit. He did a lot of good things, but you are allowed to be upset. And, and it is what it is. Like, I, I just wanted to touch on that. I know that wasn't exactly what we were talking about with Blake Griffin. We were talking about a little bit of a di- the general discourse, but I wanted to get into, like, the Pistons discourse with that as well. And, I, and I, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If the Pistons had this version of Blake Griffin, it isn't swinging the tides. And I don't think it's going to drastically change his tradeability either. Um, he still had a mammoth contract that was going to be super hard to move. And he certainly wasn't worth what he was being paid with the Pistons. So I don't know why, I don't know why, uh, you know, there's all this discourse all of a sudden that, you know, that they're upset that he wasn't playing well. Healthy Blake Griffin was not the, it was not the difference between um, a good Pistons team and a bad Pistons team. (laughs) This version of Blake is, was a night, would have been a nice thing to have that ultimately doesn't add enough value to your team. I mean, if he was on the Pistons, Playing this way, I mean, he might get a few more fans because he's playing gritty, and that just seems to be what people like. But this isn't the difference between a playoff Pistons team and uh, you know where they currently reside. No, absolutely not. Like Blake doesn't like Blake. A healthy Blake Griffin wasn't taking this team to the playoffs. Like they saw a lot of deficiencies. To be fair, um, but yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on the situation. We can move on from that. I'm sorry. I didn't don't mean to take us off, off schedule. No, no, that's okay. It, it's, it's important to, it, it's honestly important to touch on that. Um, not only because we're looking for stuff to talk about, but it, it's from a general perspective. We don't care. Pistons, the collective Pistons fans don't care. Like trying to put this like pseudo like feeling into fans minds because you think they're upset that a guy who was really expensive and, really just non, you know, just not very committed. And again, this version of Blake, now Blake's showing out like he did in 1819. Okay. That'd be a little bit different. This is just a gritty Blake that's playing a little harder for a team that has a chance to win, you know, win a championship. So we can go on and move on from there. I don't, I don't think we have anything else to say, but um, 
thanks for trying to upset Pistons fans, but that's it's just a little bit. It's just low low hanging fruit at that point. Um, and low hanging fruit. <laughs> Imagine being able to pull like a steak off of a tree. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> pull like a freshly cooked steak off of a tree. Oh, that made me hungry. <laughs> well, you can't pull a steak out like out of a tree, but you can get Moink meat. And our new sponsor is Moink meat, and Moink meat is so delicious. Aaron, I personally have a problem with a lot of the food industry in, in this in this country. Why do only four companies control 8% of the meat industry? And it's because big food crushes the little guy. There's a lot of documentaries about this too, if you're ever wanting to never want to eat uh, cheese or anything like that ever again. But you can help the little guy. You can help that with moinkbox.com. You get the best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, the best salmon you'll ever eat. Won't come from a grocery store. And it's from a family farm caught by independent farmers, independent Alaskan fishermen. That fish is probably dynamite. That's why you need moinkbox.com. You can join the moink movement today at moinkbox.com. That's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V right now. And listeners to this show can get free bacon for a year. Holy crap. With every box ordered, that's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but it's for a limited time. So spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Dude, a free year of bacon. <laughs> Holy oh crap. I'm really hungry too. And uh, that's, that's crazy. Free bacon for a year. Again, that's moinkbox.com slash leave. That is a new sponsor. I hope that goes over well, because that is, hopefully everybody is now going to be phoning in for free bacon for you. I don't understand. I mean, that's, I'm not an economist. I have a minor in economics. I'm not an economist, but I feel like that would do well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would do. I think people like bacon. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, and that's former Pistons in the playoffs. And apparently we just like to reminisce painfully in this, in this podcast, but a lot of former Pistons in the playoffs. You listed them out here on our show notes. I talked about Blake, but Chris Middleton had a cup of coffee. Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Reggie Bullock, Andre Drummond, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Some of these guys are already out. Uh, Anthony Tolliver, Ish Smith, Langston Galloway, Tony Snell. That's a sizable chunk of players and a lot of them that played together. Yeah. Like a significant amount of them played together. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, this team has got, I mean, this, this playoffs has got a lot of former Pistons and you put this team out there right now. Hey, they might be decent. Tobias Harris, Chris Milliton. It depends what version of Blake Griffin you're getting. Andre Drummond, Reggie. I mean, there's some talent there. That's a good that's, – that's a deep team, I'd say. That's a playoff team. You know, I, I, I was kind of thinking about that. I really think that's a playoff team too. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty fun team. Um, could get some aggravating games, though, between Luke and Reggie and Andre Drummond. But uh, already kind of had that, didn't we? We, yeah, we, already, we, already, we already went that. through that. <laughs> we already went through that. <laughs> um pretty interesting which of those guys are you really capping for the most when it comes to like want want to do well that's that's still left i mean i guess it's gotta be reggie jackson even though i'm not i don't want the clippers to win but i'd love to see reggie jackson get a championship ring i mean 
I was very, very adamant during his time in Detroit that Reggie Jackson belonged. Reggie Jackson was good. He just didn't stay healthy. And when he was healthy, he was good. The numbers supported that every single year. When he was healthy, the Pistons were a better team. And, and obviously did not have the greatest health in Detroit. He's played a huge role for the Clippers in the playoffs. He's had a couple big games for them, big quarters, big shots. Uh, I think it would be great. And then in correspondence with that, it also gets Luke Kennard a ring. No, I liked him in Detroit. Obviously was not the right pick. It should have been Donovan Mitchell. I'm always going to mention when we talk about it, I wrote. We could, we could do a whole pot on that too. Yes, but I wrote before the draft, Donovan Mitchell is the pick for the Detroit Pistons, and they still went with Luke Kennard. That's on Stan Van Gundy and Jeff Bauer. Um, but Reggie Jackson, I am definitely would like to see him get that ring, and if he gets it, it also means Luke Kennard gets the ring. I mean, Dark Horse – and this is tough because I really am not a fan of the Sixers, but Anthony Tolliver definitely deserves a ring as well. I know he doesn't really play for them, but would certainly like to see him get um, that ring. But probably, you know, if I had to pick one, it, it, it'd be Reggie Jackson because he just got so much hate in Detroit. And it was all because he really just couldn't stay healthy because when he was on the court healthy, he was productive. Yeah, he really caught the short end of the stick um, big time. And, I mean, a lot of these guys did, to be quite honest. Most of these guys caught the short end of the stick, whether it was Luke Kennard being compared to Donovan Mitchell or, you know, Blake, what, what we just had talked about, Andre Drummond had the most of it. A lot of these guys have caught some flack. And I would be fine with any of them. Um, I agree on Anthony Tolliver. I think that is a pretty easy one. He should get a ring. He's bounced around. I honestly forgot he was still playing even, but I'm not a huge fan of the Sixers either. I like Tobias Harris. I think, but like a role player like Tolliver, I think carries a lot of weight for, for people when they, when they see a guy get a ring. Like for example, if the Mavericks had won the ring, there would be people equally happy for Luca and Boban Marjanovic because <laughs> they just like those Boban. sorts of players. Boban. Former Piston, Boban. How did I not get that one on the list? Wow. That's true. You forgot about Boban Marjanovic. Oh, how could you? Come on. How could you? <laughs> and he actually played a couple of meaningful minutes for like, I mean, it was it was probably like minutes. And then he was he was no longer effective was against start, the Clippers. He at least one playoff game for the Mavericks against the Clippers. Yeah, he did. He did. I uh, remember. I remember seeing that on Twitter and thinking, I think we just want chaos. I think we just want to like, like they just want to go big against the Clippers going small and we'll just throw a bulb on. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes he just lifted his hand a couple inches up and uh, the ball went in it crazy. It's crazy. Um, he's awesome. He is awesome. He is awesome. So you can't think about Tobias Harris without thinking about Paul Bomarjanovic either. That's just the two go hand in hand. John Wick star Bobon as well. Hey, I got to forget play. about that. Who is the next Detroit Piston to be on a playoff team? Like coming off of this roster from this this season, who's going to leave and join a playoff team? Uh, I guess that kind of gets us into a topic of who's leaving. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. That's a good question. 
I don't know what playoff teams would take a flyer and then have them stick for the whole year. I mean, the Pistons could make the playoffs. They get Cade. I mean, so it would be any of them first, but good question, my friend. Here, I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine first. Okay. I'm going to go with Corey Joseph. That's a good one. I think he's gone at the end of this year. I think they're going to waive him uh, in free agency or, or yeah, free agency because he has, you know, I, like only $2 million uh, guaranteed left on his deal. So I, I'm, I imagine they're going to waive him. And I think, you know, he proved he's a, a good point guard, can play backup minutes for sure, start when needed. Uh, and I think playoff teams gonna gonna value that unless he, you know, he got his big deal in Sacramento. I don't think he's getting another big deal like that again. And I think he's you know he can get a a biannual or something like that for the playoff team. You know, he he can provide value as as some some backcourt depth and uh, you know he he does some nice things. Obviously, he can score the ball a little bit. A good passer, good defender. He's a good veteran to have. I mean, it certainly seemed like the guy has enjoyed playing and being around him. So. I, 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 that's going to be my pick. That's a good choice. Do we think Wayne Ellington is going to be on the team next year? I was thinking about saying him. I don't think he will be. I, is he an expiring? I think he has one year left. But I just look at but the he is he's, he's an expiring next year, right? Yes. Yes, he'll be an expiring. So he, so he could be a deadline. Right. out. I just look, I mean, they have Josh Jackson, Hamid Diallo, and Frank Jackson at the two-guard spot. And, you know. Potentially a draft pick who could also be that, too. Right. And then if you want to play him at the three, well, you have Sadiq Bey, Josh Jackson, Hamid Diallo, Jeremy Grant. You know, the list goes on. And there's yeah. just – and Wayne Ellington's great. Like, if the Pistons kept him and just had him on the roster, like, that'd be fine. It's just, just to have, right. have a veteran, totally fine. Great guy in the locker room. I just – I think they might part ways. Yeah, I, I, I guess I get that too. I think we've nailed the two guys that I think are going to leave. But if we open it up to like midseason trades, maybe it, it gets a little different. Maybe Mason Plumlee is part of that yeah. as well. That's true. That's true. So, so you know, something to think about. Um, I think we pretty much nailed it with those two. I mean, if we had done this last year, it probably would have been Derek Rose <laughs> um, as, as one of those guys. Yeah, I, I think you. I think we pretty much nailed that. Nailed that hey, if for you sure. Pick Derrick Rose. You were right. <laughs> yeah, you would have been correct. They, you would have been right, and I'm sure that there. I wonder who voted for him for MVP. Oh my god! I want. I want to know. Oh my god! How Maybe did, I don't want to know. How did one of his stands hack the MVP award? <laughs> On that, uh, that was probably the best thing that happened with him leaving was getting his stands out of my Twitter account. That's a, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Not to disparage those fans, we like every basketball fan pretty much, but some players just have a group of fans that are vehemently um, stronger when it comes to opinions and things like that. So, yeah, that's a good point. And New York's a good place for that. Although I don't know if they're going to keep him. I feel like I feel like they will. I feel like they'll keep him. Okay, that kind of rolls us into our general NBA talk as we've done the past few weeks here regarding the playoffs playoffs, obviously the big talk right now heading into the conference finals. We have one team in the conference finals right now, the Phoenix suns 
Aaron, were you surprised to see that the Nuggets were swept by Phoenix? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, a part of me thought that the Nuggets were going to win the series, and and to see them get absolutely dominated was was just shocking. And then Nikola Jokic put up a hell of an effort. He, he played so well and just could not get enough help. And it's it's really disappointing. I get that. Denver didn't have Jamal Murray, but that can't be the reason that you're not able to at least take a game from Phoenix. And, you know, you still have outside of Jokic, Aaron Gordon, um, Will Barton came back, Michael Porter Jr. You had enough to at least put up some semblance of a fight and they just didn't at all. And that, that was really disappointing, especially for the regular season that Denver was having. Obviously, things went awry when Jamal Murray went down, and that was incredibly unfortunate. Uh, But still, like, you got to be good enough to take a game from from the Suns, and it was just incredibly shocking, incredibly disappointing. But on the other hand, Phoenix is, is legit. Like, they are awesome. And obviously, Chris Paul is playing phenomenal right now. Devin Booker is playing phenomenal right now DeAndre in continuing to silence the the not hate but kind of the disrespect that he's gotten obviously you're going to take Luka Doncic or Trey Young ahead of him looking back at it obviously but like he's just been cast away as like an irrelevant player and he has been phenomenal and deserves a lot of credit for what he has done you get a guy like campaign who hasn't been able to stay in the league ends up in Phoenix and is playing really well probably earning himself a legitimate payday and you know there's just so many nice stories uh, with that group my guy cam johnson who i was lobbying for the pistons oh yeah a couple years ago michael bridges is awesome Uh, i said it last week he's one of my favorite two-way wings in the league young pieces like really like him i think he's still got some some steps to take as a player but already looks really good um, they're they're a fun group. They're a good group. Like they earn that win against. They really are convincingly, and and that, the NBA is on notice that they just put away Denver that quickly and handle the Lakers. I mean, a hell of an off season so far. Right. Yeah, they've they've had a great postseason. I think this speaks much larger about the Suns than it does Denver. Denver was banged up. They didn't have Will Barton really either. And again, Aaron Gordon is just miscast again. He just was not effective again. And I, I don't know what it is, um, but they're trying to put him in like, I guess the Suns defense played it pretty well and that they didn't really give him pockets or anything where he could, you know, he could bang around and get to the hoop. They kind of forced him to be a little bit more isolation heavy. And it just, he just doesn't work in that way. I wonder how different the series would have went if they had Jeremy Grant, like this year's version of Jeremy Grant too. The guy that question or the guy could ISO the guy that could, you know, back to the basket, drive, shoot. Like, I just, I wonder what it would have looked like, especially obviously with Jamal Murray going down that elevated role really could have been there for him. And I don't know how it would have looked. It could have, who did they replace him with? Jamichael green. Well, they grabbed Jamichael green and obviously they traded for Aaron Gordon and had M. Michael Porter right. rising. So it was just kind of oh, MPJ. Of things where it's 
we have Michael Porter Jr. coming up. We're still paying Paul Millsap. We can't – we don't really – you know, I guess they didn't really – they obviously wanted to keep him. They offered him the same amount yeah. of – the same contract that Detroit did. So, I guess it's not really – we didn't want him. They just, I guess, couldn't keep him if that reporting is true. So, rather right. surprising. And uh, I, 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 I just – They, I, they don't they win needed series with them by any stretch of the imagination, but they put up a better – No. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely do. They needed a lot out of Michael Porter Jr. that they didn't get. And that's not because he's bad or ineffective. That's just a lot to ask out of a guy to be to be that that second option. And then he left with a bad back, and you're like, oh, no, it's going to be even worse. That, so obviously, disastrous. that's what kept him out. He's so disastrous on defense. I mean, Phoenix just targeted him possession after possession. Look, you're 6'10". You're athletic. You're long, you're young. You're you. Know, you got to be able yeah. to give it a little bit on defense. You can't just say, you know, leave your leave yourself on the offensive side of the floor. That's just not possible when you're going to try to play for an NBA championship. When you're trying to get out of the second round of the playoffs, like you just can't do that. That was, and I like Michael Porter Jr. I think he's a a promising promising young player. I mean, the guy can. And he's twenty two. He's very young. But he's got to learn to give a little bit on defense, or he's just always going to be an average player. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Nuggets were just put in too tough of a position without Murray. I mean, they withstood the Blazers. This might speak the most about the Blazers not being able to. I mean, the Suns disposed of Denver so easily, and the Blazers were unable to do that. This might speak a little bit more about them as a team and all, and all the dysfunction that's uh, surrounding them, too. But I, I was I was surprised it was a sweep. I thought it was going to go six, personally. I thought it was going to go six or, you know, at least five. I mean, grief. Yeah. Um, like, take it yeah. at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these other series because they are all very close. Are they all tied? I think they're all tied. Jazz and Clippers are tied. What do you think about Jazz Clippers really, really fast? Donovan Mitchell being hurt a little bit still. Clippers yeah. kind of finding their groove. That's concerning. And I I think, you know, if I'm if I'm taking if I'm picking who wins right now, I think I'm picking the Clippers. Like they're they're mm-hmm. finding their groove. Donovan Mitchell's still banged up. I think the Clippers So is Mike Conley. Right, right. You don't have Mike Conley either. And is he is, do we have word if he's playing on Wednesday? Um I don't well, think we can certainly doing, find that out. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is doing everything he can, and, and you can't get eleven and eight from Rudy Gobert. Like you have, you have to get more from him. Like, yeah, you have to. Um, so I, I think the Clippers have the edge right now in that series. Obviously, they've won a pair in a row. Both of the Jazz's wins have been pretty close. The Clippers won pretty significantly in their two wins. Again, they've won two in a row. I think the Clippers are going to take that series the, the way it's looking like. Yeah, they. it's kind of the same thing that happened. Well, it's not kind of. It is the same thing that happened against the Dallas Mavericks. You know, they just take two games to figure things out. And right. It's a car. Then they figure it out after that. Milwaukee very, very one's interesting. Obviously, they're going to play tonight. So we're not going to know who's leading the series when this podcast drops. Or we will know who's leading the series when this podcast drops, but we yeah. are we don't know right now when we're recording. James, no, Harden, injuries suck. Yeah, 
James Harden's supposedly back. You have James Harden. That's, that's right. a mistake. It, it, it probably is. Um, Kevin but, Durant knows firsthand coming back too early is a mistake. Right. But if they're both able to play tonight and, and play the full game, it's going to be really Oh, then it's going to be awesome. Brooklyn. It's going to be awesome if that's, if that's the case. It just – KD knows coming back from injury is not easy and being rushed back can lead to damage. Just ask his torn Achilles against the Toronto Raptors coming back too soon. It's just really dangerous. But if they're in, if they're in desperation mode, if they really feel like they can't muster together – scrap together enough to because really you just have to keep it going until like the fourth quarter just stay competitive within like 10 heading in the fourth quarter and then you can feed Durant and see what happens because he's one of the few players in the league where he can do that in a quarter and take over a game and there's nothing the opposing team can do so if they really feel they can't get to that point and they need James Harden or they need another guy to take a little pressure off of him Guess I get it. I mean, I'm not a doctor. We don't know the medicals, but he went from out to doubtful to playing in like the matter of like 14 hours. Right. Like it's just like a drastic change. And it sounds like it's James Harden saying like, look, I'm playing, like I can do it. And it's not as much of, Hey, James is good. Like we think it's good to go out there. Like the way the tweets and the reporting sounds like James was determined to go out and play. He wanted to do Uh so. Right. Who has more pressure, Milwaukee or Brooklyn right now? I think Brooklyn has the scapegoat of someone's always injured. I, I agree for they sure. Cakewalk to a title, in my opinion, considering just how much talent is on that team. Yeah, they're going to be even better next year, too. <laughs> right. And that's scary. It's gross. Um, Milwaukee, like, I'm, I'd be really disappointed, but they also fought back in this series. It was 2 2, or it's 2 2 now, obviously, coming into tonight's game. If they would have been like swept or something, like I would have said, really bad look for Milwaukee. But it's 2 2. They have a fighting chance. We'll see how this game goes tonight. Unfortunately, not as much, you know, can't, can't say too much because there's going to be game played by the time this podcast comes out. So I don't want to yeah. evaluate it too much. But I'd say right now there's more pressure on, on Brooklyn considering how much talent they have. Right. And then the Hawks and Nuggets, we can finish up here. Hawks and Nuggets. I'm sorry, Hawks and uh, Sixers. <laughs> Hawks and Sixers. Joel Embiid's injury, we talked about, once again, injuries are just the worst. Just the worst. I mean, if we have healthy teams for all these playoffs, these playoffs are totally different. Totally, totally, totally different. Right. And, again, Joel Embiid being injured sucks. They're still winning. They're still winning. And they're still winning. DeAndre Hunter, injured. I know he's not on the same level as some of these other guys like Conley or Donovan Mitchell, but he's an important player for them. Just is really brutal to have all these injuries. I think the Sixers will definitely win. Yeah. But Atlanta gives them a fight. I mean, Atlanta's going to be good too. The Hawks are giving them a, a run for their money and, and they're going to be good. And they've got some offseason decisions to make with John Collins. And, you know, they were shopping Bogdanovich, but they're going to be tough next year too. And Trey Young is obviously going to get better. But to me, I can chalk this up as a Hawks win for the season. They want a playoff series. To me, that's a win. You've progressed in your rebuild to the point of winning a playoff series. Yeah, it was against the Knicks, and the Knicks offense was was is pretty bad, but still a playoff series. So to me, everything like this is just playing with house money. I mean, just to take two two games off the Sixers is, you know, it's 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 fun and it's exciting. And but at this point, they're just they're just you know 
playing with house money, like I said. Yep. Yeah, they got and and they got some work to do to that roster. That's it's not complete. Obviously, there's still a young team with, with Trey Young, John Collins, etc. But there's still some work to do to that roster. And like getting DeAndre Hunter healthy will be huge. They haven't had Cam Reddish. Obviously, right. he's not. That's true for them right now. But maybe he has some potential for them. They probably still right. need to go out and get a, a big time wing or or two guard um, to really elevate them. But it's tough because they spend a lot of money and like guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's he's solid. Guys like Kevin uh-huh. Hart, nice depth to have. But oh, it, yeah, just probably not enough there to move the needle. And and maybe it's actually moving on from someone like John Collins and, and seeing if they can like have you know a, a big time combo forward or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah someone yeah. who can do a little bit of both. Like more of a two way guy. Right. Yeah. It, no, I think that's, I think that's the right way to put it. And he, and he hasn't really been this good in the series. John Collins was okay last series and played pretty well throughout the season. He was part of that big push to end the season for Atlanta. Um, so yeah, maybe they'll have to explore the market, see what they can get to fill up that roster a little bit to complement Trey Young and some of those other pieces. Um, Aaron, I know that you got to go soon-ish. Is there anything else you want to touch on with the general NBA and the playoffs happening? We got some playoff games happening, uh, maybe right now. Uh, I'm I'm good on the playoff talk. You know, I think we hit on on the big stuff there. Certainly so- shocked to see Denver get swept, but I'm I'm really excited to see what Phoenix does the rest of the way. Yeah, I am too. That's one of the teams where I I'm really, really excited to see what uh, what they do. I like Chris Paul a lot. He gets this weird pseudo hate. I don't know why, but I he is he's he's deserved this moment for sure. And the Bucks and Nets starts at eight thirty, so it's not quite started yet uh, here. Um, but we're we're going to go watch some playoff basketball. And I've said that last three weeks, and that is a great sentence. That's a great sentence. That's a great way to cap this podcast off. And next week we will have more Pistons stuff to discuss with the draft lottery. We'll hopefully have something live for that to talk about, to talk about where the Pistons land, to get some instant reactions. Um, it'll be really exciting. Uh, I, I like talking about playoff basketball, but I really like talking about uh, our favorite team. It's going to be great, Mike. I'm so It's going to be great. That it, It's going to open up a whole new door of things to talk about. So can't wait to get into it. Or, or it's going to be real sad. Well, <laughs> either way. We're not trying to have that mindset, damn it. <laughs> either way. Either way, we hope that you will join us next week. Um, when we do have those discussions. So for Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you very much for joining us on the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.